I'm Bruce Worson, pastor of His Place Community Church. The following message came from a Sunday morning right here at His Place. We are celebrating Moms and Mother's Day, which is not always an easy day, you know? Uh, For anyone suffering any loss of any type. And that's a lot of us. It's a lot of people. And so this today uh, is for you, from my heart. And I would say it's for you, Charlotte, then I'd start crying so I won't. (laughs) Because if ever there was a Mother's Day moment in the Bible, it's early on in Jesus' ministry. In this little town in Nain, When Jesus turns a grieving mother's day of mourning into a day of rejoicing. But before we get to that, answer me this because we haven't had our question for the day. So here's the question. Think about the Gadarene. Do you know the difference between your home and a hole in the ground? Uh, Here's a hint. Uh, Your home is in heaven. (laughs) I like that response. And one of the common scriptural images for our fallen world is an abyss, right? A a deep, dark pit. You know the difference between your home and a hole in the ground? And just after Jesus delivered uh, his Sermon on the Mount, Matthew says, when he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes, they're estimated in the tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, from all around, uh, no, I was just reading this week. Galilee. Boy, I don't think of this when I watch the TV shows about Jesus. Uh, the little old Galilee there uh, had a population in Jesus' day of three million. <laughs> Surprised me. And so the great multitudes from all around followed him uh, into Capernaum. You know, his home office and headquarters were there. And they followed him there in order to see and hear and touch the very light of life who had come into the darkness in the flesh to dwell among the likes of us. Pretty incredible. And then Luke picks up the story and says, soon afterward, uh, Jesus went to where we know is about 20 miles south to a town called Nain. And his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. Okay? Get that picture in your head. And, and Nain, is, it's still populated. It's one of those uh, cities from the Bible that's just never not been populated, which is pretty cool. And right here is where this very old church was built right over the original city gate, right where it happened. Now, Nain's name comes from the Hebrew word for na'ah. Na'ah. Yes, it does. Na'ah. And in Hebrew, it has two meanings. Uh, which is some, some of their words do this, but I thought this was interesting. Depending on context, it can either mean throne of God or it can mean meadow of the flock, which is very interesting. It's used in this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green na'ah. He restores my soul. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow Of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Sounds like home to me. Wherever he is, whether temporarily down here or foreverly up there. 
Now, Nain's main gate would have been similar to these old remains of this ancient gate at Megiddo. This is how they did it. They're for protection. So there were these narrow ways, you know, that they could easily block if bad guys are coming. And so that's kind of what the gate looked like, a, a narrow hallway. And as Jesus approached the town gate, well, a dead person was being carried out, making, in that culture, any who carry it or even touch it very, very unclean, of which, of course, those grieving couldn't care less, right? We don't care. But what I'm pointing this out because this is a collision course of opposing forces. I mean, you got two parades going on. You got the outbound who are crying or silently suffering, and at their head is the dead. But the inbound, well, they're laughing and rejoicing and loudly rejoicing because at their head is the life. But as soon as they see that corpse, well, they hush as people would and quickly stand aside to show respect and to avoid touching it or even brushing against someone who has touched it because it's unclean and they're unclean and then they'd be unclean. So they stand aside. Now, the dead man being carried out, you have to understand, was the only son of his mother. No other sons at her side for support. And, well, she was a widow. So no husband to share her grief. Not to mention, in that day, her means of livelihood likely died with her son. And he and or she... Mom and son were well known and beloved by many because Jesus isn't the only one with a large crowd that day. A large crowd from the town was with her. You see what the writer's doing here? And you know what the pallbearers are thinking? We do know what the pallbearers were thinking. It's not in the story, but we know because we're human. They're thinking one day this will be me. One day this, they'll be carrying me out this gate. Because these are the thoughts we have at a funeral, right? You go to a funeral, you just you can't help but contemplate. Because that's when we have to face the reality of mortality. Our own parade to the grave. So, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, are you prepared for your date at the gate? Because let's face it, we'll all face it. Because there's no avoiding it. Because all of life, and I love this picture... Happy Mother's Day. All of life, all of life is a parade led by fears and followed by tears. And there is no standing aside to let it pass by. Pretty dark, huh? Which is why he came. So you got to face the dark to see the light. I got to take you there so we can really appreciate what we got. So right now, who are you relating to in the story thus Let's recap. Uh, you're relating to those like the pallbearers, those contemplating their own mortality? Or are you relating to those sidestepping the matter for the moment, don't want to think about it? Or are you relating to the mom who's dealing head on with the heart-wrenching loss to death? Whether it's your mother you've lost or your brother or, or your child. It's a lot of pain. There's enough pain and suffering to go around, isn't there? But we're all in this together. And that helps. 
Well, you know what Jesus was facing at the gate? His mortal enemy. Because Jesus came to take on a death itself. Even gave it the home court advantage. (laughs) Right down here. This deep, dark abyss became one of us. He had an expiration date. Beat it, by the way, at Golgotha. That's one of the names for where the cross is. Golgotha. It literally means place of the skull. That's why I put the skull up there. You see, in the beginning was the Word. We talked about this, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In Him was life. And that life was the light of mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness, by and large, has not understood it. Not like this mother will. Because when the Lord saw her, oh, this is... This is one of the shortest, most uh, deepest, most uh, poignant stories in the Gospels. When the Lord saw her facing alone, the very thing he'll give his own life to destroy, his heart went out to her. And this right here, right here is the heart of the story, Jesus' heart. And he said, don't cry. Now, she hadn't cried out for Jesus' help. She's a bit preoccupied, burying her son and all. But the Lord is moved by her suffering alone, which is so important for us to see in this story. That this is what gets his attention. Because sometimes we get mad at God, right? We get mad at God. We blame God for not intervening on our timetable. Or giving us the answer that our, that our heart just aches to hear during our brief stay down here. And we tend to think as believers, we tend to think he doesn't fully care till you know, we call his attention, make him aware. But take heart, his. He doesn't lack compassion. We're just on the dark side of the gate in the valley of the shadow where we don't really understand the light. So when we say, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, we mean, I got nothing for you. I wish, I wish I could take away the reason for your tears. Oh, I wish I could just take away the reason for your tears, but all I can do is say, don't cry. But when Jesus said, Don't cry. I can only imagine the pain in his face, the compassion in his eyes, the confidence in his voice. Don't cry. Don't cry. Had to have said in some way, your suffering breaks my heart. But watch what I can do. (laughs) Because I want to just give you an example. A, A teeny tiny temporary example of what I've come to do for all of you for all eternity watch what I can do then he went up you know behind the pallbearers and touched some translations say it a little better grabbed because he stops them grabbed onto the coffin open it's an open coffin grabbed onto touched the coffin because uh, he couldn't care less it's unclean he couldn't care less and he couldn't care more and they didn't have lids And so it's just wide open. And those 
carrying it stood still. And he said, to the corpse. You got to picture it. What it would really be like being there. To the corpse. Young man, I say to you. And right there, right there, everything stops for everyone. He grabs the coffin and says, young man, I say to you. Everything would go into like a surreal slow motion now that everyone within earshot would recall and retell for the rest of their life. That moment, what's going to happen when an immovable object like that corpse met an unstoppable force like the love of Christ face to face at the gate? Who's going to win? Well, if even the, even the gates of hell can't prevail, uh, what chance did a little dose of death have? Now understand, this multitude had seen Jesus heal and reveal and even deal with the demons. But when the gloves came off against the dominion of the darkness of death, well, to put it simply, they saw the light. And to put it lightly, he made that mother's day. Because instead of the dead making the clean unclean, old Mr. Clean made the dead undead. And it all happened when he simply said, young man, I say to you, get up. Literally, wake up. Wake up. And that separated soul snapped back into his corpse with such force that the dead man sat up and began to talk. <laughs> what happened? What's going on? And we're not told now. We're not told if the pallbearers lowered or dropped or threw the man down. <laughs> but I think we all know it was the latter, right? And it's only a matter of how violently they had done it. Because you see, in the order of miracles... There is something quantifiably different, not to mention fairly distressing, in the reanimating of a corpse. And what do you suppose he might have said? You know, maybe the obvious. Why are you all here? Why, why am I being carried? Why are we at the gate? And Jesus gave him back to his mother. You want to tell him? So what's it all mean? What's the, why is this story in the Bible? I'll tell you what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that he'll intervene in every tribulation. Boy, we know that firsthand. After all, he didn't raise her husband. No comments. <laughs> Stick with the premise. Remember, he promises. He promises a world full of troubles. Not a life free of trials. Boy, we get, I, I don't know why we get that so wrong. Even this miracle was only temporary, right? They are all long gone. But he does promise to restore what we've lost. If we'll trust him to carry out his will in his way. And we can trust. Because he's shown us with this example among so many that he has the heart and certainly the power. But before this, back in Nazareth, where he grew up, before he made this mother's day, he reminded his friends and family who refused to put their trust in him and believe the scriptures about him, he reminded them that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time, yet Elijah was not sent to any of them 
but to a widow. And in the story, it just happens to be at the city gate, no less, in Zarephath, whose only son had died. I mean, it's the same story, just a different place. And we are told in 1 Kings 17 that Elijah cried to the Lord, Oh, Lord, my God, let this, let this boy's life return to him. And the Lord heard Elijah's cry, and the boy's life returned to him. And he lived. And Elijah gave him to his mother. And I'm guessing the Lord said, why is Elijah going to have all the fun? So Jesus, now you have to understand, before it happens, Jesus declares this story, this old story in Nazareth. And then he duplicates it in Nain. But why? Why? What's the point in repeating this? Well, in Nain, it says they were all filled with awe. I think that's probably putting it mildly. <laughs> well, he just reanimated a corpse. Awe. <laughs> oh, he did. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet, you know, like Elijah. They, they know that much of the story. Great prophet like, has appeared among us, they said. Nah, nah. Some of them knew their Bible just a little better. They saw what was going on. They saw what, was God, what God was up to. And they said, God, as in himself, has come. Not just poof appeared. He's come to help his people. Bingo. They win. They got it. But how? What was it that they had seen both in his word and in his actions that gave God away? Well, turns out, if we simply do what they did, compare the stories, we can see for ourselves. Notice, please, Elijah cried to the Lord, let this boy's life return. Whereas Jesus simply said, I say to you, get up. Jesus skips the prayer because he didn't have to pray. Because in repeating this miracle, He's not reprising Elijah's role. He's reprising God's. To show those who know his word. That he's the one Elijah was praying to. Because the word was with God. And the word was God. Remember that from like two pages ago? In him was life. The light shines in the darkness. And made his dwelling among us. Can you believe it? We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, the one who can overcome any suffering that can come, has come. So what do you suppose happened after Jesus raised this mother's son? We don't know. We're not told. But we do know those two opposing processions became one united parade with the light of life leading the formerly dead Back to his house, but not his home. Not his home. At least not that day. Eventually, mother and son would be carried through the gate to be buried in the grave. Because they had a date with a pearly gate. But on that mother's day, you can bet she didn't let all that funeral food go to waste. And it turns out, nobody's unclean, because nobody's dead. And plus, who cares? 
And even though it is now a massive crowd, there's little chance the food ran out because this is Jesus' party. And you know how he is with fish and loaves and wine. Especially when he's the one that just turned everyone's morning into dancing. I love this story. So try to keep in mind the difference between your home and a hole in the ground. And my hope and prayer is that this will bring a little comfort if you're having a rough time. As you realize that you're not alone. You're just not. And you're not unloved. And you're not without hope. Even if all is lost down here. Because Jesus doesn't sidestep our suffering. He grabs on and turns it around, if he can, within his will. By his glory and for his glory momentarily down here. But foreverly up there because his glory. You know what his glory is? His glory is his love. And it is by his love and for his love. And if he'd leave his heavenly throne to share the sorrow and restore the joy of a little weeping widow, I just can't imagine, well, literally can't imagine what awaits inside his gates. So whatever you're facing, listen close and you will hear him say in some way, your suffering breaks my heart. But just trust and wait. And watch what I can do. Let's pray. Father God, wow, we love you. And so we worship you in sunshine and shadow. Holy Spirit, we thank you for our moms, the blessings. And we ask you to comfort us for our losses. Lord Jesus, uh, we're overwhelmed by how deeply you desire to free us from all that grieves us. And so it is in your name that everybody said, amen. Well, thanks for listening in. Why don't you join us on a Sunday morning? If you'd like more information about the church, just point your browser to hisplacechurch.com. Until next time, may the Lord bless you, keep you, and make his face shine upon you.